Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you'll need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? April 12th. What's up, you guys? It's Sean Ross Sapp playing the role of Sean Pearson tonight on the Wednesday show. I'm here. I'm having fun. I'm ready to rock. Showdown, Joe. Yeah. Follow Sean Ross Sapp at Sean Ross Sapp, not at Sean Pearson. Uh, For those that don't know, Sean Pearson had a bit of a situation. Uh, Cannot make it today. He may join us later this week. Uh, He will let me know probably later on tonight. Uh, But stepping up, as always, uh, just I cannot thank you enough, Sean. Thank you very much. Follow yours truly at Showdown Joe. Follow us at FightfulMMA and FightfulMMA.com for all of your mixed martial arts news. Uh, you seem amped up because if you think you're playing the role of Pearson, I'm only going to assume there are going to be F-bombs coming out of every single oh, statement will. that you're about to make. There will. Uh, this is technically my evening off, technically, but it cleared up. It just so happened, I looked at the clock and I was like, you know what? I can make it home and I can do a show. I can do this. So here I am. And we thank you. And we thank you. You're you're completely amped up in comparison to Monday because uh, you went through a pretty difficult weekend. You seem to be a lot better, my friend. Oh, it's, I feel so much better. I will never take my health for granted again because I've never been sicker as an adult than I was uh, last week. And that was right after WrestleMania week, sandwiched in between UFC 210. Now, a lot of people will hear me talk about how busy WrestleMania week is, and it is. It's really, really busy. I have never been busier in my professional career. Now, keep in mind, I put in 60-hour weeks here at Fightful. And before that, I, I think I was working like 50 at the, at the old job I had. And uh, I've never been busier than the UFC 210, just getting all the content that you all were sending my way, making sure it had stuff transcribed, posting stories, posting videos. And, yeah, it, it was nuts. So uh, that was a bad time to be sick. And hopefully it doesn't happen again. Yeah. Do you know how you caught it, or was it just something? Was it a bug, a flu? Uh, who knows how they catch Ebola and Super AIDS? It just happens. It just happens. <laughs> Don't mess with your karma, man. Don't mess with your karma. But I got gotcha. you. Uh, yeah, for those um, tuning in right now live, uh, we do have the live chat open. Uh, I'll mention it a couple more times uh, so you guys are fully aware that you can leave your questions and comments uh, for Sean Ross Sapp and I. Uh, lots to digest, lots 
this guy, despite that, you know, Sean and I did speak about 48 hours ago. Sean, not sure if you know, but uh, apparently replay is allowed under the New York State Athletic Commission. It's just that it hasn't is been it? formalized in the rules. Yeah, I, I, this, the story came out earlier today. That instant replay is allowed in New York State, but it just simply hasn't been formalized officially in the rules. So it was definitely available as a potential option. I don't know if they had cameras there, if they had any options, or sorry, monitors there for the actual uh, judges uh, or referee to view, but yeah. Um, hmm. So when they say what formalized, what do, you, what do you mean by formalized? Now, granted, usually I'm on top of these stories, but this was my afternoon off, but formalized, what does that mean? So a concept can come into play with any commission uh, to say, yeah, you know what, we do agree upon this, but we need a vote. We have to get this taken care of. It may have to go through the legislature. Uh, a bunch of different things have to be signed off. Usually these things are a formality when it comes from the commissioner, as an example. So apparently it's, it's there. It's available. It just wasn't allowed to be used because it wasn't, quote, unquote, official. So it wasn't AKA allowed to be used there? Apparently it was. Apparently it was. They just chose not to. Jesus. Well, I mean, technically, kind of they did. Well, Big John, obviously Big John. Either yeah. Big John McCarthy noticed that the knees were legal or was able to look at something, uh, a.k.a. a monitor, and say, oh, those are legal, or maybe the UFC broadcast to say, yep, those are legal, Dan. Uh, this fight, or whatever, the, the, the knees were legal. And then it was Dan that made the error uh, in the end. Uh, but a funny, another you know, off story from that, Anderson Silva has come out and said, well, Ha, Chris Weidman, I guess your luck's running out. Ooh. Yeah, throw some shade there, son. Ooh, why would he? Come on now. He's trying to get that fight. Uh, you know what? If I'm Chris Weidman and I'm offered that, I take it. Would you? Yeah, that's a co-main event. That's a pay-per-view co-main event. A trilogy built between those three could be interesting because there are people uh, that will always say, I, I guess I'm one of them. I had this conversation with with a uh, with a bunch of other media uh, after uh, UFC 210. In the first fight versus Anderson Silva, Chris Weidman. I'm not saying he got lucky, but Anderson Silva was a dummy. Uh, you know, messing around. Anderson Silva was coasting at that point. People forget that Anderson Silva had found his groove and he was bored. That's what happened in that first fight. Make no mistake about it. And he got knocked the f out. Okay, because he was yes, bored, he like you say, and he was just being a dummy, uh, and he got caught. In their second fight. His shin shattered. Yeah, he. I think he was getting beat in that one. You could see the real drastic improvement that Chris Weidman had made over about five and a half months there. That was his greatest leap, in my opinion, of his abilities. Because after that first round, in, in the first fight, Anderson Silva just looked like he was bored. And for that minute and a half, that minute in the second round, you were like, he could finish him whenever he wants. He being Anderson Silva could finish Weidman. And then that second fight... There really wasn't a spot where I was like, Anderson Silva's looking like he's taking this. And it went about the same length before Silva did that and for some reason decided to not turn his hip on kicks and broke his leg off because of it. Um, That's what I always told people when I would teach them to throw kicks. I'm like, you want to find out why you should turn your hip? Go look at Anderson Silva because he was one of the greatest fighters, maybe the greatest fighter of all time, and he didn't follow basic fundamentals and it got his leg to wrap around a man's shin. You could make this case, you could make a case for all of Anderson Silva's losses, Joe. And that's the crazy thing. The Michael Bisping thing, there are people who think that he won that fight. There are people that think that he should have won that fight in the middle of that fight. And then the Daniel Cormier thing, 
you're not beating Daniel Cormier on a couple days' notice up a weight class five weeks off of surgery. He was never winning that fight, and he wouldn't have won it with a full camp, but he has that excuse. So, I mean, you could always you could always go for a third one. Why? I mean, GSP's fighting Michael Bisping for a 185-pound title. Yep, I hear you. I hear. I listen. Uh, th- my only problem with that fight uh, is my own uh, ego stepping in there to talk about it is because I've lost complete trust in Anderson Silva to be quote unquote motivated in fights and prove to me that he's an absolute destroyer again. Uh, you know, I long for the days of a vintage Anderson Silva. Uh, but I, God, I shouldn't be saying this, but a third Weidman fight, you would have to assume Anderson Silva's out for blood. You would assume. <laughs> but it's Anderson Silva, so I mean he is he is like the the perfect display of why not to assume things. Yeah, so, but that's that's you know I keep falling trapped to it all the time. Same thing with BJ Penn. Whenever BJ Penn would compete, right? You're like, this is it. He's back. Uh, He's sp- back. Here's the thing: I never fell for the BJ Penn thing. <laughs> I'll say I was ahead of the curve on that one. When they gave him that second GSP fight, I, I was like, why? It's like no, there's no reason. It's not going to work. I thought Florian was going to beat him. I never bought the BJ Penn hype. I never did. Anderson Silva, the thing is, a lot of people didn't like that Brunson fight. I was on the edge of my seat the entire time because yeah, of Anderson. Yeah, scrap. I, I liked it. So, yeah, I'd watch him. I'd watch Anderson Silva fight almost anybody uh, except for Damian Maya. Yeah, or, yeah, I, I totally understand. Um for those that are tuned in, yep, the live chat is there. Uh, live chat, by all means, uh, put, throw up there on the right-hand side of your screen. Uh, any questions, suggestions, uh, commentary for Sean Rossap, who's playing the part of Sean Pearson, because Jake Piers, or Jake Beers wants to know. Who gives a fuck? He just got here. No Pearson boys, probably watching playoff hockey. Uh, he's Canadian. Now, unfortunately, Jake, uh, no. Uh, Pearson might be watching hockey, but unfortunately, he's got a, a situation that he has to deal with on a personal level uh, with a friend. So he's got to take care of that situation and support. Uh, we'll probably have him hopefully late, later on this week. Um, TJD Fins for life. Best fight on the entire UFC 210 card, in your opinion? Well, I, Patrick Cote and Tiago Alves was my favorite fight. That was the best one for me. Yeah, the Rosa Burgers fight was really good too. Um, I, hey, I liked my, I liked Weidman Musashi before the crazy stuff happened. I loved that fight before, but yeah, I'm probably going uh, Burgess and Rosa. I like to, you know what? You make a good point about the Weidman and Musashi fight, only because you know. It started off good for Musasi, and then it went real bad for him. But then he was able to come back. So you start seeing the resolve that he has in his own personal character that he's a seasoned fighter and he can do what he needs to do. And then, you know, the debacle happens. Um, what are your thoughts on that piece that I wrote for Fightful MMA when I basically said there's the black, the gray, uh, and the white, no pun intended, uh, with what's happening with these negotiations? I think it'd be a fantastic reality show uh, for that type of... I, I, there was the time when there were, the UC was going to do, or I think it was Spike that was going to do a show called The American Promoter, or American Promoter, uh, and it would have featured Dana White and a lot of the stuff that he goes through uh, as the promoter of the Ultimate Fighting Championship. It'd be a great, great show. It'd be a great show. Hard Knocks is yeah. like every time the Bengals have been on it twice, the, the, the NFL show through training camp. Damn, I love that show. And you see the heartbreak. Hey, Breaking Ground, WWE Breaking Ground on the network, for, for those of you who have seen that. NXT is like their developmental territory. And you see what these people are going through as they're trying to get to the WWE. Some of them sent back there to that developmental territory. Some 
on their their last like stuff like that. These real true stories of sports. Yeah, that I think stuff, it's, it's, yeah, that stuff's fantastic. I could tell you another person that would be a fantastic follow would be Lex McMahon uh, from Titan yeah. FC because that the stuff that that poor guy has to go through, and it, I should say poor guy, uh, but what he yeah. has to endure almost on a daily basis, especially during fight week, uh, and, and just you know doing what he does for Titan because it's not just about the negotiations with the fighters, not just the matchmaking. It's the it's the day of the even the production stuff that he has to make sure is done properly. And then he, I've seen him on fight night, literally in the in the ring or in the cage, putting up banners for sponsors and making sure everything is correct. I mean, there's a guy right there, and I can just imagine what Dana goes through with some of these negotiations. And we've heard Dana say it many times: not a, before his feet hit the floor when he gets out of bed, he knows his phone is already off the hook with texts and information and emails with absolute garbage or just drama uh, that happens. I think that'd be a fantastic show if they could actually put it together and you know w m e i i m g a b c whatever the hell they're called now uh they could make money off that i think no hey uh, the show i do with jimmy van every week we tout it as being a guy who runs a wrestling and mma site and the eccentric millionaire that made it happen like that's how i tout that show because people love that look behind the curtain they love to see what goes on behind the scenes uh, AIW, an independent wrestling promotion in Ohio, every show they promote, they do a podcast explaining the ins and outs and what happened to it. People want to know that stuff. They want to know what goes into it, and you can make stars off of that. Like, say Gegard Musashi is in Dana White's office, and he's saying, fuck you, Dana, give me my money. Right? Then right? You don't think that all those people who like the Diaz brothers when they don't even fight, they don't even, they don't compete. That you don't think they'll like Gegard Musashi? They'd fall in love with that guy. I think it's an absolutely great idea. I wish they'd do it. Or like you said, just a miniseries based on Gegard Musashi. Like, if I were Spike TV or Fox, I would get Gegard Musashi and I would follow him through this series, through, through this process. Or anybody. Hey, if we had the resources, I'd be telling Jimmy Van to get a camera crew and do it ourselves. But um, I think that's something that's got to be tapped into at some point. I think it's a, I think it'd be great. I mean, and I think now would be a great time to do it as well, especially with so many things that are happening uh, with the negotiations of fighters and how the UFC is losing fighters. Not that they would showcase that, uh, but keeping some of the fighters. I think in general, uh, it'd be fantastic. Uh, anything else from UFC 210 that sort of uh, that we missed perhaps on Monday or that you'd like to talk about uh, that you know should raise some eyebrows uh, for the viewers tuning in right now and the listeners? Your boy, he's making a name in the welterweight division. Kamaru. What do you think of his get up afterwards? Yeah, I don't know about that. Well, does it wouldn't suit you or I, but it definitely suits a Nigerian. So I think he looked absolutely it works, fantastic. Works for him. Works yeah, for him. I, yeah, that, that dude is he's one to watch. Yeah, that uh, listen, man, to do what he did against Sean Strickland is pretty impressive. What about your breakdown versus a guy like uh, with Kamaru potentially Neil Magny? I like that. That's a fight that makes a lot of sense and. Uh, he, he's ready for that step up. I mean, I think Sean Strickland was more of a test than anybody was willing to admit. He had won three in a row, and the thing is he wins ugly fights. So he makes fights really, really ugly, and then he wins them. Uh, and he's done that. I mean, he was 5-1. and one. I, I think, I mean, against Luke Barnott, who a lot of people thought was like the second coming of Christ and is still very good, should probably 
he's he's one of those UFC quality fighters who should still be there, but can't put the wins together. But then Kamaru just took him the distance. He wasn't willing to make it an ugly fight. He just dominated. So that's that that said a lot to me that he didn't allow Sean Strickland to get into his game. And then of course Morley Alves. I mean, he's just he's on a roll, uh, and he's done all this in a, like a couple years, under two years. He's won his first five fights. So. Yeah, get him in there with with a Neil Magny. That is a perfect name. Uh, what do we have here? I, 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 like I said, I love that fight. I think it's going to be fantastic. They can put it together. Uh, I also like Elias Theodoro's next fight, but we're not allowed to mention it just yet. Uh, I'm waiting for Elias to get the green light from the UC to to bring it up. Uh, ah, green light, Pitbull. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, TJD Fins for Life has a bunch of comments up there. Uh, Mark Dikiez's next fight. Should be Paul Felder, but Paul Felder says that he doesn't want to fight. That he has accepted the fight, and Diakis didn't. So interesting. That's what he. This says. is on Twitter. Yeah, hmm. I like. I, that I believe so, and that, that would be a great fight. That's the fight I want to see. Yeah, that'd be a great scrap. Uh, TJD also wants to know: Should Mighty Mouse vacate the title and move move up to challenge Garbrandt at one thirty five after he annihilates Heiss? No, nope. Heiss. Uh, nope. I don't. I don't buy that just yet. But no, I think he needs to stay where he is. Uh, I, I agree. Although I do like uh, some prize fights and some super fights with uh, Demetrius. I do, but Garbrandt says he can make one twenty five. If he says he can make one twenty five, he does that because Garbrandt hasn't earned the right to have somebody meet him in a super fight mighty mouse has earned the right for somebody to meet him for a super fight like that's the title that needs to be on the line is the one that's been defended forever and ever and he has earned it and after this you got ray board you got formiga if he can put a couple wins together you got sergio pettis if ian mccall can get into the damn cage and win two fights you've got it you've got a ready-made one right there so you've got names you've got people that have finally We've mentioned this before. The unfortunate injury last summer that forced him out of the first haste fight, and then the fact that they already had the Ultimate Fighter winner ready to go, that gave this division the breathing room it needed to develop a few contenders, and I think they did that. So I think if you, if you don't make a Demetrius Johnson, like Sergio Pettis fight, that's missing the boat because Sergio Pettis has a name value without his own fighting skill, and he's got plenty of that too. He's got plenty He's of past, You think he gets past Cejudo, though? That'll be a tough one. That'll be a tough one yeah. uh, because, you know, I, I forget that fight was even happening. That's a hell of a fight. Yeah. That's a great fight. Yeah, because when you mentioned Pettis, I want to see if you're going to mention Cejudo because that's a tough fight for Sergio. And I think mm-hmm. if he does defeat him, that's an instant title shot, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, and Cejudo's hands were looking really good in his last fight. But, man, the type of drubbing that – that Dimitri, I've never seen such disrespect for one's talents in the cage. Like that's that's the low key thing that I don't think people understand is the utter disrespect that Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson showed to Henry Cejudo's skill set in that fight. He looked at this guy and he said, "You're an Olympic medalist. What is he? A gold medalist? I believe so. Yep." And then he said, "Fuck your gold medal." Let me get in the clinch with you. Oh, you want to take me down? I'm going to butterfly and launch you into the air like you're a child. Then I'm going to get up and knee you repeatedly until you piss blood out of your ass. Good luck with that, buddy. That, when has – the utter just 
how dare you even be in the same cage as me with your gold medal, he said. It's like people don't understand it. When, and when he got taken down, I was like, damn, Cejudo took him down. How's this going to go? Well, then he gets launched three feet up into the air like a baby. And then just knee, 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 knee. Man, that was awesome. What a gangster Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson is. He is the perfect mixed martial artist. I've said it uh, for the longest time ever, and it, it was my eye that caught when I when I when I surmised this. It's been a long time, but when I solidified that thought in my head, it was in Vancouver uh, when he was when when they were doing the open fighter workouts, and he was just shadow boxing and just doing technique and just warming up, and just the perfection of everything he was doing was un- this, this guy is perfect, uh, and he, he continues to show it. In the cage, the, the, the guy is just magic. Uh, I mean, th- how, how long do you think Hayes lasts with him? Think he'd go the five? Yeah, listen, I mean, I'm not, I'm not counting Hayes out for anything. I, I don't think he's going to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if it goes 25 minutes. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised with that either, but I don't think he's winning the fight. No, I don't, I don't think so. It could be, a, you know. 50 to 43. That's, I mean, Demetrius is just that damn good. It could be 50, 45. I mean, anything can oh, happen. Uh, wait, has it, has Las Vegas, has Nevada adopted the rules yet? Uh, very good question. Because if, if they, have, they have, then, then 50, 43 is a real possibility. Cause those, the scorecards yeah. that's, they're being, they're being very liberal with those 10 eights nowadays. Absolutely. Jake Beers on the chat says, go Leafs, go, LOL. And technically, uh, isn't it leaves? If there's multiple, it's leaves, right? Be careful what you say with the blue and white. Uh, Sean Rossak is probably are. like, who are the Leafs? So he's laughing, but I'll tell you this, Jake Beers, uh, if you pay attention to Sean at any moment, he'll be looking over towards his probably 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock because he does have the Columbus Blue Jackets game on, if not alternating with the Cincinnati Reds. So uh, SRS has basically found some love for the NHL playoffs, so we'll do that. Yeah. Uh, but Jake Beers, yes, go Leafs, go. But let's – I mean, I, I don't know what your thoughts are, Jake, on, on the Maple Leafs. I know it's an MMA podcast, but I will say this, and I'll be saying it tomorrow – uh, on social media, I do not expect the Leafs to win uh, maybe one game versus the Washington Capitals. I will not be surprised if they get swept four games or at least four to one. Uh, all I expect is this team, young team, young, amazing rookies right now to just to get the experience for future years to come, just like the Chicago Blackhawks went through it uh, and became a dynasty. So I'm not expecting anything from my team, although your team, Sean. Yeah, they're getting beat by the Penguins uh, to nothing. Now I'm a very, very, very casual casual uh box or not boxing hockey fan but the reds in about oh 30 minutes are going to have the best record in baseball so i believe the jays have the worst record in baseball to my understanding probably probably yeah that's just uh it's embarrassing embarrassing um how soon and so ole samioli wants to know how soon until michelle waterson the karate hottie wins a belt not as long as johanna and jacek's champion yeah, she's a small 115, and Joanna's a big 115. Uh, yeah, not for a – you know what? That that might be why they start a 125 division, because they want Michelle Watterson to win a title at 115, so Joanna moves up, but I don't – Oh, speaking of that 125-pound division, the question was asked to Dana, are you he going to no. set up this – he said no. Like, can you believe that? I'm like, the, oh the balls on this guy uh, two months after he promoted a 145 pound title fight. And now he says, 
I don't know what we're doing with this thing. A herpa derpa do. You know, and, and and some people that were sitting there were, were eating it all up, and I was just going, "Am I? Am I? I'm looking around, going, is 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 he really saying this right now? Like, oh my gosh! Like, there's three people in that division if you're lucky, four. Yeah, and there's drama there's between there all of them. Plenty of people to uh, compose a 125 division. I don't get it. Weird, that, that, that division could be done in a. Heart. It could be done now. It could be done right now. You and I have talked yeah. about it. Uh, on numerous occasions. Uh, what do we have here? TJD also wants to know, do you think this could be Roy Nelson's last fight? He says no, but I say yes. This could be his last fight. Oh, I think it could be his last UFC fight. I don't think oh, it'll think? be his last fight because, you know, he's going to go on the anti-UFC tour. He's got to do this anti-UFC tour where he fights for Ryzen and whoever else, Eurasia fight nights or wherever, which is very funny how... <laughs> EFN is signing all these former UFC guys, and they're still going to be on UFC Fight Pass. So UFC still gets like a little taste of them. But Roy Nelson's 40. He's going to be 41 this year. Uh, He has never, I repeat, never defeated a top 15 UFC fighter Hmm. while they are ranked. Never. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Vinny Fernando says anything can happen. Tim Elliott almost submitted uh, DJ in round one. I was shocked at how Muddy Mouse didn't tap. Dude said, F your choke and and dominated from there on out. Yeah, yeah that's that's Muddy Mouse. Uh, I just think, you know, Tim Elliott's a different type of fighter uh, than Wilson Hayes And I think um, just the way Demetrius fights is going to be too much for Wilson, whereas Timothy can move around just as much as Demetrius can and Demetrius is just as fast as Demetrius. He's just, you know, that, that was a fantastic fight, despite the fact that, you know, Timothy came out on the losing end. Uh, he showed why he belongs in there. And he's a guy that you know, should be up there in the top three, top four, no matter what. I can't wait to see him fight some of the guys uh, there in the top three, top four again. I know he's got yeah. Smolka next. I think he beat Smolka. Uh, you say no, right? Whoa, no, no, no. I think he beat Smolka. Oh, no, that was Elias. Elias yesterday said that he, he's kind of edging towards Smolka. My bad. Yeah, that, that's a good fight, though. That's a hell of a fight. I really yeah, like well, that. Well, that's the one that... That kicks off the preliminary card on Fox, which I think is going to be a fantastic scrap. Uh, I think Timothy does emerge victorious with that. And he's got he's got 15 minutes in this fight. I don't think he's fought a 15-minute fight. Oh, actually, in the Ultimate Fighter. No, those are 10-minute fights. So, you know, I think Timmy, yeah. uh, giving him 15 minutes, I think it's going to be an absolutely fantastic performance. Uh, he won't have to really, you know, not that he ever paces himself in a 25-minute fight. I've seen a Titan doing just zombie, crazy Matrix type of stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I'm definitely looking. That's the fight that is kicking off. Uh, the preliminary card on Fox. Uh, Bobby Green is back. He said he's got some. Uh, he had some baby mama drama to deal with uh, prior to returning to the cage. Uh, he's taking on Rashid uh, Magomedov. That's not a fun return, if you ask me. No. And uh, as for the, this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows granger has got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Uh, the Vol- I think Volkov's beating Nelson, by the way. I think Tim Elliott beat Smoka. I'm going to wait and see how Tim Elliott looks at weigh-ins because he has made no bones about it. He doesn't want to be at 125. Now, Bobby Green fighting Magomedov. Whew. That's, that's, a, that's a tough go. That's a tough go. That's a tough draw. Needless to say, he's like – I think Magomedov's like 4-1. and one. He lost to who, Dariush in Mexico City. Yeah. And Mexico City is a different kind of animal. Fighting there, you, you never know how somebody's going to perform until they fight there because that that elevation can mess with people, especially in 15-minute fights. Yeah, it's a tough one. And it, it's really tough. It can be really tough for Bobby Green's skill set too. And he's dropped two in a row, and he's fought these dangerous strikers in Poirier and Barboza. But I don't know, he beat be like Pat Healy and Jacob Valkman who – you know, uh, are, are grinders. So anything's possible. Yeah. I like to fight. I'm, I'm going to give the edge to Rashid just, or, or sorry. Uh, yeah. Rashid Magomedov. Cause he's been active uh, this whole time. And just that, that ring rust may play a factor with Bobby green, but I'll tell you what, if Bobby green can pull it off, uh, he'll impress many of folks uh, that are paying attention to mixed martial arts, especially the UFC. You do like Volkov over Nelson though, right? Oh, hell yeah. I like you over oh, Nelson. Yeah. Come on. Are you talking finish here or are you talking 50 minutes of a beatdown? Uh, probably a beatdown. Probably be, I don't know. Wait, uh, Volkov's got like that 81-inch reach, so it could be a finish. But, I mean, he's not he's not the guy that I look at and I'm like, man, he's this big finisher. He was earlier in his career, but like the last five years. I mean, at times, like against Halada and uh, – God, I can't pronounce the guy he beat in the, the heavyweight semis – uh, he was he was able to tap out Ivanov, which I think maybe that's probably his most impressive win that he's ever had is being able to tap out Blagoy Ivanov. That's a guy who would be a top ten UFC fighter tomorrow. Uh, Ivanov would be, and he tapped him out in in like six minutes. So, but he ain't. I don't know if he's tapping out a Roy Nelson though. So, yeah, probably fifteen minutes. Probably fifteen minutes. I like it. Uh, Jeremy Stevens gets Renato Moicano. Um, I, I, I always found this matchmaking, you know, kind of weird, uh, only because you know Jeremy's coming off a, a performance versus Frankie Edgar that many people thought he won. They thought he, you know, they gave the edge to Jeremy Stevens in that fight. Frankie does emerge victorious, uh, and all of a sudden he gets Moicano. I had, I definitely had Edgar winning that fight, but. The hardest hitting featherweight in the UFC hasn't. He's, he's finished one guy in like three and a half years, so he better make a statement here. Or he's going to be forever. He, it's sad to say, but he might be forever a joke. You know what I mean? And he's. You, you know what? Another craziest thing about Jeremy Stevens, he's like thirty. Yeah, he's had so many fights, so many fights. Yeah. He's he's like well, forty deep, and he's thirty years old. 
Yeah, he's a, he is a minus two forty favorite here. So yeah, he does have to win. He cannot afford to lose this fight. Uh, it's it's safe to say that all the pressure is on is on him on this fight here. Uh, this is the fight that I'm truly looking forward to in this one: the middleweight scrap between Ronaldo Jacare Souza and Robert Whitaker. This is going to be fun with the exception of the fact that I just think Ronaldo Souza is on a different level than almost every single middleweight not named Yuel Romero. Uh, so I'm definitely looking forward to this fight here. I think Ronaldo does pull it off, and I think it did, we're going to see another submission. SRS, your thoughts? I had somebody who had the balls to say, well, when they found out about Souza and his contract being up, they said, well, this explains why he's been taking the type of fights that he's taken. And I'm like, excuse <laughs> me. Excuse me. Robert Whitaker is not a – take a fight on the last one of your deal contract if that's a that's a fight that's a real fight and that's a that's a good fight and at the UFC you know the UFC's got to be hoping Robert Whitaker wins the 26 year old uh New Zealander who is on like a five six fight winning streak they would love to fill up a stadium again in Australia and put on a middleweight title fight they would love that they would absolutely love that but I expect to see Whitaker coming out with with his familiar stance, the hand one hand low, the one hand up high next to his jaw to try to get those underhooks in if, if Jacare tries to drop down. This is I can't wait for this fight. This is, I'm probably more excited for this fight than any fight of the year outside of, I was excited for Cormier Rumble. <gasps> but uh I'm probably more excited for this fight than any of 2017 so far. Uh, Habib versus Tony Ferguson would have been mine next to. Okay, that that too. Sorry, ones uh, of ones that actually happened. Yeah, of course it was going to be that, but yeah, I, fart, I, I'm still I, I just replay the fart noise I just made. Awesome. Uh, I've. <laughs> I, I'm still looking forward to Cordy Garbrandt and TJ Dillashaw, uh, and I think we're going to have a variety of – sorry, a variety. A, we're going to have weeks and weeks and weeks of buildup of Garbrandt and Dillashaw on the Ultimate Fighter. Uh, did you see that picture of Garbrandt grabbing Dillashaw's neck? Uh, and you can just see the hatred in his mouth as he's squeezing Dillashaw's neck. I see that yet? But I'm going to look it up. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be fantastic. I cannot wait to see that scrap. I, I will. I do like the co-main event on Saturday uh, in Kansas. Rose Namajunas taking on Michelle Waterson. This is a fight that not many people are paying attention to, other than the fact that they are, you know, watching and looking at anything and everything karate hottie. Okay, that listen, dudes are going to do that. Rose Namajunas is not going to sit there and allow Michelle Watterson to come in there and beat her up. This is going to be a scrap. This is going to be a fight. I think she's going to bloody up Michelle. I think she's going to beat Michelle. I think she wins. I do. I think she's... Yeah, she's the favorite at minus 150. Is she? Yeah, Rose is the favorite. Well, you know, the <laughs> UFC hype machine doesn't lay down the bats, I guess, do they? So I guess yeah, it makes we'll see what happens as we get closer. We're going to get closer. It's only, what, Wednesday? Wait till Friday night, and we'll see what happens. Oh, yeah, and if Watterson wins this, she's getting a title shot. You know she's getting a title shot. They're ready to give her the title shot. Hey, whatever keeps her out of that analyst booth, because that was, that, was, that was harmful to me. That sucked. I don't recall that. What show was that? It was – It was. I can't remember what show it was. Uh, was she in studio at, at Fox? Yeah, and it, okay. hey, you know, to her credit, we've all been there. We've all had our first show, and most of us sucked really bad our first show. So, but I mean, hey, you know, I'm sure if she got more experience, she'd do just fine at it. 
Yeah, like anything in life. TJD Finns for life says, Hanalajakri Souza is God. All the Aussies need to sell out a stadium. Is Daniel Kelly in the main event? <laughs> uh, oh, that was from Ole Sammy Ole. Uh, TJD thinks there's going to be some crazy stuff happening, like the Weidman Musasi fight uh, in the Souza Whitaker fight. No, I don't think that'll happen again. Uh, oh, he's saying Watterson by submission in the third. I would be surprised to see that one. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's going to happen. I think, uh, you know what? I, I, I'll be honest. I'm just looking forward to that fight because it's going to be. An, it's it's not going to be what anyone expects it to be because you know Rose is going to come in there and try and put a hurting on her. Like she's going to do whatever she can to absolutely destroy. Her. Not that she wouldn't do that to any other opponent, and we don't expect that from any other mixed martial artist whenever yeah. they do compete. Uh, I just think that Rose has a, a bone to pick with these pretty girls. You know what I'm saying? I think Jessica Panay is pretty. pretty. Yeah, Jessica Panay is still Watterson's best win, and that was that submission that win. That was at one fifteen, right? Yeah, no, no, that, yeah, that was that was at one hundred and five pounds. That was in yeah. Victor, yeah. And you know, Rose is a lot bigger than Jessica. Other than that, I mean, who are the, the these two people that Watterson tapped out? Paige Van Zandt. No disrespect to her, I think she's much better than people get her, give her credit for. But the other is Angela Magana. Yeah. <laughs> I got gotcha. you. Know, I got gotcha. uh, yeah. Rose Namajunas, on the other hand, who's she been fighting? Oh, Carolina. Everybody in the top ten. Carolina and Carla Esparza. Oh, and she beat Paige Van Zandt. Oh, and she fought Tisha Torres. And then Angela Hill, who is went. And, who knew that she was that good? But as it turns out, she was. Uh, yeah. And then before that, like even on the Ultimate Fighter, Joanne Calderwood, like. This is a girl who is 24 years old, and like Joanna and Watterson are like the only ones she hasn't fought. So, yeah. Yeah. Main event Demetrius Mighty Mouse Johnson, Wilson Hayes. Uh, we discussed it a bit before. Um, I, like I said, I will not be surprised if it goes 25 minutes. Guys in the chat, if you're, if you're still listening there, I know you are because I see all these comments going up there. I need everyone to put up their pick. Who's going to win, Demetrius Johnson or Wilson Hayes, and how? How, please? Sean, the floor is yours. Demetrius Johnson, I'm going to say a submission. Wow. Over yeah. the black belt. I like it. I like it. Yeah, you just know, to show like that it. he can. Just to show that he can. And then he's going to go track down Henry Cejudo. He's going to hit a low single on him, put him on his ass. <laughs> he's going to find Sergio Pettis, run off of a locker room wall, and kick him in the face. He's going to bust down their back doors, punch their Dobermans in the mouth, slap their wives on the ass, and tell them to make him a T-bone steak, and they'll do it, they'll like it, and none of them will be able to stop him. All right, as the comments come in on the live chat, uh, we talked about Cody Garbrandt saying he can uh, he can make 125. Uh, and, you know, obviously DJ saying, fine, you come down here. That's not a problem. Do you think the he UFC should. would pull that fight off? You think they would do it? If he be, if, uh, to- if Well, if you're – if you are Cody Garbrandt, I would do it. If I'm Mighty Mouse, I would do it. If I'm the UFC, I would do it because that also gives you a little more time to sort out that mess of a – now, 135, lots of talent, still a mess. Still a mess. You know, we're in the wake of a, of Dillashaw and Cruz both losing the title over the course of like a year. 
So, you know, they got to get their wits about them if they, if they both if, – if Dillashaw loses, I know Cruz is like, I want my title shot. I want my title shot. Dude, you got to fight. <laughs> Sorry. You got to fight, man. You're great. You got to fight. Uh, beat up Brian Caraway or something. Everybody would love you if you beat up Brian Caraway. Let Cody Garbrandt go down there and headline a pay-per-view with Mighty Mouse Johnson and build this. Really give these two an opportunity. Build this as the biggest possible fight in the UFC. Champion versus champion. Not only that, the most dominating champion you've ever had against a guy who made one of your other most dominating champions look like a joke. So I I would do it. I would pull the trigger on it. Usually I say no about super fights like that. That's one I would absolutely do. You make a good point. I don't think the UFC would do it, though. I really don't think they would do it. Um... Unless, of course, they can figure out some way that if the ratings for this show so – look, look at it this way. If the ratings for this Demetrius Johnson fight on Fox are through the roof, the ratings for the Ultimate Fighter are through the roof, uh, Cody and TJ are through the roof in terms of their fight, then you got two – I don't know – how much of it? I mean, these are lower weight classes, and, and the fans, for some reason, don't to them. They're always considered co-main event fights. You could put this on as a co-main of, a co-main event fight, uh, with the exception of John Jones and Daniel Cormier. Uh, but you could put this on as a co-main of fight under another hey, title. So, you know what? Yeah. If as weird as it sounds, you know how hey. you know how Daniel Cormier is like. I wouldn't be in the co-main event on anything but Conor McGregor. He might change his tune a little bit if it were a super fight. Just because he is a little old school in that regard, you know what I mean? Like, he understands, and I think that he understands the pro wrestling mentality of giving other guys the rub, as they say, making the little guys look even bigger because they're headlining over a John Jones, Daniel Cormier. That would make Dana White feel a little bit better because he doesn't have to lean on John Jones, the main event. He can lean on the super fight as the main event. John Jones, Daniel Cormier is the co-main event. I think that would work out pretty well. I think that's a fantastic idea. Good call on your end. Vinny Fernandez says, uh, okay, Pearson. Uh, Demetrius Johnson would submit, or by submission in round two. Ole Sammy Ole says uh, DJ via TKO. MP says DJ TKO round two. Uh, what do we have here? TJ Defense for Life. Uh, very disappointing that such a dominating champion is poorly promoted like Muddy Mouse. His fights should be on pay-per-views. They don't sell TJD. That's the unfortunate part. Uh, we live in a, you know, we are in a a sport where bigger is better and far too many fans uh, within the MMA bubble, hardcore or not, and in the mainstream, just do not respect a guy who's 125 pounds despite him being arguably pound for pound the best. Uh, he also says DJ versus Garbrandt as main event with Jones versus DC2 would be a great headlining card. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> Samuel if I were UFC, I would post videos of Mighty Mouse like grappling with bigger dudes. That... Dude, you're in the wrong business. You need to be uh, applying to the UFC right now. You're doing pretty good here tonight. Eh, well, you know. I'm impressed. You're out <laughs> hey, show Joe. Why not? I mean, they they ran – you would see Ronda Rousey throwing dudes all the time. Why not have a show Mighty Mouse Johnson just destroying some absolute jobber off the streets who thinks they can get in there and grapple with him? Because he ain't lasting – hey, our boy Matt Riddle was a welterweight. He does re- pro wrestling seminars, and they're like 30 deep. And he goes gauntlet style. And I've had people email me that say, I lasted 35 seconds and I was one of the lucky ones. I believe it. Gotcha. 
Gotcha. Ole, Sammy, Ole's onto something here. BJ Penn versus CM Punk can, meet, can main event that event. Ah, damn. <laughs> Knowing BJ take- Penn, he would lose that fight somehow. Oh, come on. No chance. Yeah. No chance. No, don't don't say that. BJ's my boy. Come on. You're breaking my heart now. He'd find a way to lose. Oh, my God. I'd, I'd still like to see that fight. You know, BJ would take that in a heartbeat. I know he would. Who wouldn't take it in a heartbeat? Yeah, MP says, uh, oh, oh, Mickey Gall's next fight. Is it, didn't Mickey Gall's fight? Get, no, I don't think he's been announced. No, you're right. Got to find Mickey somebody Gall. with little enough experience. Maybe they can run into another tough China. <laughs> oh my god they showed us a preview of what's coming up in the ultimate fighter uh with this event here and they did sort of a best of the ultimate fighter and they promoted how the ultimate fighter was global and it, it, did, it did great technically but some of those ultimate fighters were just no absolutely not that tough china one was something else man yeah, that's why when people were like, oh, CM Punk doesn't belong in the UFC. And I go, where were you all when the guy who was a yoga instructor and had never even sparred got a spot on the Ultimate Fighter? Yeah, it's a joke. Uh, by the way, uh, Jose Aldo Jr. and Max Holloway uh, squared off or stared down uh, with the promotion for UFC 212. Uh, Max Holloway is embracing this bad guy. He's going to be the bad guy in Brazil. Doesn't care. Uh, and then you have Jose Aldo Jr. saying, you know what? No more good guy. Now I'm just going to voice my opinion. Well, last I checked, you've been voicing your opinion, and it's gotten you in a fair amount of trouble. Um, you're not exactly liked by the UFC brass, at least Dana White. Uh, what do you make of all this? The Blue Jays lost again 2 nothing. Holy Good, smokes. they should. Um, That's great. Here we go. <laughs> this fight really should have happened at UFC 208, and it, it makes me sad that it didn't. Because he cut the promo in the, in the cage, and he's like, yeah, when's this fight happening? June? Yeah, it's late. It's bad. It's By the way, late. I'll be at a wedding that day. I'm hoping I can get back in time for the, the, the fights so I can cover the damn thing. But, uh, yeah, I'll be in a wedding. But, yeah, uh, seven months off, seven months removed from that Holloway fight, or six, six and a half, it's lost a little bit of steam. It's still a great fight, but... Hey, good on, good on Holloway for embracing the heel thing, but it's almost transparent, you know. You can't yeah. go out and say, where's Jose Waldo? And then, oh, there's Jose Waldo, and he says he'll fight you in February. And then you're like, well, no. I got surgery. My hand hurts. I'm, I'm, yeah. filming. No, I got you. I'm filming, man. I'm filming. Yeah. Well, uh, then Vinny Fruitnet. You can never say, where's Jose Waldo again, because – Jose Aldo was a very easy target to use because you know he doesn't show up to fights. But there he was; he was ready for you, man. You can't you can't run that gimmick anymore. Uh, Vinny Fernando, how dare you steal my thunder? Because I was going to bring it up first, but he did beat me to it because he's on the chat. Uh, Anderson Silva, I don't know if you saw this, Sean, but Anderson Silva, as you know, does not have an opponent. So when it, when it was time for him to square off against somebody, he squared off with himself. So he basically squared off to the left, put his hands up, moved over, squared off to the right, put his hands up, and then looked at the camera and smiled. So go to Anderson Silva. Now, before you make a comment on that, he said he doesn't... the most boring fight ever. (laughs) Anderson versus Silva? Yes, that would be the most boring thing in the history of MMA. Spider versus the goat? Uh Uh-huh. It'd be terrible. So he did say this. He does not want to fight... Um, Vitor Belfort 
or Luke Rockhold because they're coming off of losses. He'd like to fight Weidman. Fine. He also said he would like to fight Yuel Romero. He's off, lost, off three. Right? He's got off three losses. Let it go. Let it go. He says, I would like to fight Yoel Romero. And I was like, oh, no, 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 Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. And he made a point that he'd like to fight. Apparently, he said he'd like to fight Yoel Romero. Uh, when the news reached Florida, Romero's manager tweeted, uh, just so everyone knows, Anderson Silva declined to fight Romero. So we can just drop that right now. What the heck is going on here? He'll end up fighting Tim Boach. <laughs> Tim Boach. Yes, that's right. Jordan Lane, good call. He did call out uh, Nick Diaz as well. He'd like to rematch Nick Diaz. Yeah. What is that in Brazil? Yeah. Nick Diaz ain't going to Brazil. He'll go to Vegas or California, and that's it. That's the only place that a Diaz brother is going to fight right now. Well, seeing as they're kind of notorious for missing flights, you, you can't miss flights to Brazil, especially considering they're probably connecting flights. So put you Uriah might... Hall in there. Well, Uriah Hall's got three straight losses. <laughs> All right, my man, before we let you go, anything you would like to discuss before we wrapped up uh, tonight's uh, Fight for the May podcast? It's really it. Uh, me and Jimmy Van took a look at the John Bradshaw Layfield Mauro Ronaldo bullying situation, sort of MMA related. Mauro Ronaldo deals with bipolar disorder, and he's out of the WWE, which is his dream job. He was on SmackDown Live, and apparently JBL gave him so much trash that he just left, and that's led to Pat Militich, who curiously has me blocked on Twitter, and Boss Rutten saying, "Hey JBL, I'd like to have a talk with you. Um, if I'm JBL, I'm in full pant shitting mode." over the prospects of that. Uh, Brandon Howard has a full oral history of JBL and his bullying accusations, and there's some pretty sick shit in there. Most of this stuff happened before the social media era. This is really the first thing we've heard of since WWE has been PG, since social media has been so prevalent to where these things can come out, and... Since former ECW announcer Joey Styles punched JBL in the mouth in 2008 and set him on his ass, kind of set him straight. But yeah, lots of crazy stuff going on. Jimmy Van and I, we we go in-depth on it. We don't pull a lot of punches. There are a lot of people who will not touch this story because they are afraid that their potential jobs with the WWE in the future will be thrown into thrown into concern or they'll be out of favor with WWE. Fortunately, I don't want to work for the WWE and Jimmy Van doesn't give a shit if the WWE is mad at me or not. So, Hey, we did the damn thing. It was a fun show. And it could be found. Fightful.com. Anything else you're looking forward to this weekend? Because it's only, it's only Wednesday, man. You can have a busy week still. Is there a Bellator show? I don't know. I think the Pipple Brothers are, are headlining, no? Are they? No, More that's next week. That's next week because <laughs> I got put off for the I got put off for a couple of uh, – for an interview today. And Bellator's like, well, we'll reschedule. I'm like, no, you won't. You never do. Oh, it's Dantes and Higo. Weichel, John Teixeira, and uh, – 
think Joe Schilling's kickboxing on the show. Uh, Dantes is going to win, but yeah, that's that's really it. Yeah, other than that, just watching the Reds be the best team in baseball. They are winning nine to two over the Pittsburgh Pirates. Congratulations! Uh, we won't see you in October. I guarantee you that. Uh, let's. Uh, am I going to see you on Saturday night? Are we going to discuss some yeah. uh, UFC on Fox? Of course. Of course. It'll be a pretty early show for us for a change. I think their shows end at like, what, 11-ish? The Fox shows? Hey, party time. <laughs> there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Make sure you do give him a follow. Sean Rossap, at Sean Rossap uh, on social media. Follow yours truly, at Showdown Joe. And, of course, give us, give us some love, at Fightful MMA. I tell you guys all the time, uh, when you're tuning in, just tell a friend. Tell one friend. Tell one friend to join you uh, to watch the Fightful MMA podcast. We do we do our best to educate, have some fun, open it up to you, the fans, on the live chat to get your thoughts on here. Uh, so, yeah, we, we love interacting with you guys. I love having my guests on here because chances are they're all going to lose their marbles, just like tomorrow Frank Trigg. Likely 12.30 p.m. Eastern is going to be losing his marbles. Can't wait for the fact of the the whole Weidman versus Musashi situation because as you all know Frank Trigg is a referee he's refed many times he's a judge as well uh, and he's ref Bellator he may be refing a UFC real soon uh, so he knows a thing or two uh, about the rules uh, and by the way he was one of the people that was on this thing right here my iPhone blowing it up on Saturday night about what was happening so. We'll get Frank's thoughts on that and a whole bunch of other things where Frank will be dropping some F-bombs while he's got that nice little tan body of his living in Hawaii. 12.30 p.m. Eastern. Uh, like I said, yours truly at Showdown Joe. Give us a follow at Fightful of May. We do thank Sean Rossap once again for stepping up on very short notice uh, to step in there. I will try to get Sean Pearson on the show here on Friday. Uh, no promises, but I will do my very, very best. But as always, we thank you who tuned in live. We thank to every, we thank everyone uh, who tunes in on iTunes and Stitcher afterwards. Thank you once again uh, for now. Until tomorrow, 1230 Eastern, I bid you all a fond adieu and ciao for now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.